Before we begin this week's episode, I would just like to let everyone know that we are now on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So please give us a follow if you haven't already. Thanks for the support, everyone. Now on to the episode. Welcome to the Broad Street Podcast. Philadelphia, make some noise for your hosts, Paul Frenzel and Christian Cassenti. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Broad Street Podcast. I'm your co-host, Paul Frenzel, alongside your other co-host, Christian Cassenti, back for week two of the Broad Street Podcast. Christian, how are you doing today? Doing good. All right, so this week was a little bit of a slow week for Philly sports, so we don't know how long this episode is going to be, but we're going to get right into it. First, we're going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. On last week's episode, I kind of said that Carson Wentz would be traded by Monday or Tuesday, and he's still on the team. So do you have any thoughts about that, Christian? Um, I can say I'm surprised. Also, I'm a little worried um, just because I still don't have any faith in this Eagle organization to make the right decision when it comes to trading him, not trading him, and if they do trade him, what they're going to get for him. Um. I mean, we're all going to be on the edge of our seats until something official happens. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, I feel that for sure. I thought it was going to happen. I'm thinking that maybe they're not getting the uh, trades that they want in return for Wentz. I think they want a good amount of picks or players or whatever they're looking for in return for their former number two pick. And maybe they're just not getting it. So Howie's waiting until the right offer comes. Yeah, um, that's a possibility. I know you mentioned some possible deals that have been floating around. Um, none of which have, I guess, mentioned a first round pick, which I think that's where I should always start when we're talking about Carson once. Maybe that's just my equal bias coming in, but yeah, conversations need to start with a first-round pick. And if they're not reaching that, um, I'm just, I mean, turning down those calls, let him be your QB for another season and for the foreseeable future, see if he can fix them. Yeah, speaking about Wentz offers, like you said, a report came out from Rob Hamadi. He said that the Eagles, a report came out yesterday that the Eagles' best offer for Wentz was two second-round picks plus a potential third or fourth, which I'm telling you, I really hope Howie does not accept that deal because if it's possible to hate him even more, that would make me hate him even more. Anyway, but a direct response from a team official about a report about that offer, a team came out and said, we made a better offer. So that's something they'll look for. I don't know if that report came out just to try to get a bidding war started for him, which that would make sense. But, yeah. Yeah, like I said, we're just going to have to wait and see with this situation. It's very fluid. Um, And also, some days it feels like there's a lot going on with the Carson situation, and then other days it's just silence. Um, I mean, at this point you have to trade him with all this drama around him. It's like there's no way he can really stay in Philly, though. You know, I want him to stay in Philly. I want to see if he can figure it out again. But, um, yeah, I guess at this point it would be 
um, bad on the front office to trade him, and it would be bad on the front office to not trade him. So that's the situation the Eagles are in. I could agree with you there. There's just been so much drama regarding the situation. It feels like you have to trade him. Whatever this franchise has that is left that's functional, you have to try to do whatever it is because this is one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the league. Amen. All right, moving on from what cart about Carson. Um, yesterday, the Eagles did finalize their coaching staff. All the assistants under head coach Nick Sirianni, which reports have been coming out a few weeks about them. And so I had a feeling this would be the staff. But yesterday, the staff is finally announced. And I have hope for this staff. I really do. I like the staff. Do you have any thoughts about the staff or not really? Um, not really. Like you said, you know, I like the staff as well. I think the changes will be um, beneficial, um, especially what we were talking about earlier with the, the head coaching position, being a younger, newer guy. Um, like I said, it's this is just one of the situations where it's like we can only speculate for so long um, because there's a lot of questions still lingering with this Eagles team and um, we can only see how this coaching staff performs when it, you know, when it's time. Uh, so again, um, I will be checking out the Eagles as much as I can tolerate this next coming up season. And speaking of the Eagles coaching staff being finalized yesterday, a report came out about 30 minutes ago that Alabama is expected to hire Jay Valet. Sorry if I mispronounced his name. He was announced as the Eagles' assistant cornerback coach yesterday. And a report came out that Alabama is already expected to hire him. So he had a little bit of a short stay in Philadelphia. It's kind of crazy that man gets officially announced yesterday and he's already expected to leave. But, yeah, that's all I got to say. Sounds like Eagles. Sounds yeah, like it's Eagles like thing. you finally find a guy you want, and then he leaves a day later. All right, the last topic that I have for the Eagles is regarding J.J. Watt. He was released from the Houston Texans earlier this morning, and Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson was in his Twitter comments recruiting him by posting Eagles emojis telling him to come play for the Eagles. What do you think? Do you think there's a, a potential that J.J. comes to the Eagles, or do you think it would be smart to stay away from that? Um, I think personally I have a better chance of winning the lottery than J.J. Watt coming to Philadelphia. Uh, I can, I'm struggling to find any reason why he would ever want to come to Philadelphia because um, I can tell you it's, if it's money he's looking for, it's not money he's going to get with the Eagles. Um, they have nothing to spend on him, even if they wanted to, which I hope they're at least looking at him. Um, I would imagine every team, of course, in the NFL is trying to find ways for him to join their team. But, yeah, I, I don't see J.J. Watt joining Philadelphia in a million years. I really don't. Yeah, I could agree with you there. We really don't have the money to sign a player of his caliber. But even if we end up doing it out of some crazy 
realm. I would be absolutely happy, even though he has been hurt the last couple of years. So that would be a risk that we'd have to take. But if we did get him, it would honestly be a risk that I would like to take because he's one of the better players in defense in the NFL or was. He's getting a little older now, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess that's all we can really say about the Eagles so far. Um, yeah, they had a pretty quiet week. And that's because it is officially baseball season. It is. It's official. Super Bowl is finished as of, obviously, last Sunday. The Buccaneers defeated the Chiefs, which I don't want to really want to talk about that. But, yeah, because we're talking about baseball now. Baseball season is official, and I know you're happy about that, Christian. So I'll let you get started. Bamboo Brad is back, and I'm more excited than ever. Um, I'm already watching 2019 Brad Miller highlights. I, I'm not lying. I loved Brad Miller when he was here. I was sad that he's gone, and now I'm happy that he's back. He is a great bench bat. He can play a decent second probably not the best third base and probably an okay left field. He's a utility player. Um, I mean, I would hate to see him out there in shortstop, but who knows? I'm sure he'll get opportunities around the diamond. And of course, DH is not back for this season. So that's going to hurt the Phillies um, because I mean, adding Brad Miller to your lineup every day would be insane. Um, I know I'm kind of overhyping a like kind of decent to average player, but I mean, he's, we saw what he did in his short stint at CBP. He had that one like month tear where he was arguably the best player on the planet. Um, he batted like 350 with like five homers and like an insane stretch of games. His swing is beautiful. He is beautiful. Um, I hope he's bringing back the bamboo for the good luck. Yeah, I mean, all I got to say is we'll get into other moves the Phillies have made, but Dave Dombrowski has stepped in and – has not just said we're throwing in the towel. Every other team that NL East is getting better. He said, okay, we're also going to make minor improvements, but he's made minor improvements to the bench. Um, he's made minor improvements to the bullpen and the rotation well enough to give us depth and as well as, uh, and good enough to also make us competitive. Um, Matt Klintak was not good at his job. I can only imagine the moves Matt Klintak would have made compared to what David D would have made um, given this offseason. I would hate to think about that. It's kind of a nightmare scenario. Um, but, yeah, what's your thoughts so far on the Phillies? I'm excited. I, I know I said this last week, but the signings they made this week, I know we'll get into them in, like, a little bit. But it's making me more excited for this Phillies team in the upcoming season. They actually have depth on their team. I never thought I'd see a Phillies team have depth because they never have had depth. No, they haven't. It's, um, I remember one injury, and you got had to call up a random guy from the minors you've never heard of, and it's just crazy now that we have depth. And I'm very excited about Bamboo Brad coming back, Brad Miller. As you said, he went on that tear a few years ago. Hopefully can go on a season tear now. Yeah, I'm calling it right now. He'll, he'll have like uh, somewhere between 50 to 60 appearances for the Phillies. He'll hit 
15 bombs. He'll bat like 250 with the on base at 350. And then um, when I get all those predictions right, you can call me, uh, I don't know, a fortune teller or something. <laughs> but that also brings us to two more minor league signings that the Phillies got, which was reliever Brandon Kinsler, who played last year for the Marlins, had a decent year. Also, Matt Joyce, who was also with the Marlins last year, who could play the corner outfield, and he had an okay year. Um, so these moves are not definite. They, they're on minor league contracts. So basically, the Phillies are going to see how they do in the spring, and they're going to say, okay, we're going to give you the money or – or they're going to defer them, and they probably have, like, buyouts. I can almost imagine they'll give them less money if they don't make the roster. But on the, I'm excited for both of these guys to be potentials on the Phillies. I think Brandon Kinsler should be a definite. However, this reminds me a lot of last year where the Phillies did uh, similar with um, relief pitchers such as Francisco Liriano and Anthony Sworzak where they gave them minor league contracts. They wanted to see how they do in the spring. They had good springs, but the Phillies were cheap, and they decided to let them walk. And then we get the colossal of a nightmare that was the 2020 bullpen, where every batter that stepped up against the bullpen was Joe DiMaggio. Um, So I'm hoping that they will have these minor league deals and that if Matt Joyce and especially Kinsler come up in the spring and they look good they look ready that they pay them and then you know we win the NL East and the rest is history that's all I'm hoping for what's your I thoughts would, I would I'd love for us to win the NL East yeah I think it's um it's more than possible and I'm not just saying that because you know we got Brad Miller I mean if I'm being honest with myself Brad Miller doesn't add a win to this team but what these moves do is they give Joe Girardi more options, um, especially with the DH leaving. There's going to be more um, bullpen action. There's going to be more double switching, more platoons. Um, and, you know, like I said last week, I don't trust Andrew McCutcheon yet enough. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I hope he's healthy enough to play every day. And I still believe we do not have a center fielder. Um I mean, our, right now our options are Roman Quinn and Adam Hazley. Dubal Herrera is still a question mark, but that's another topic. Um, Roman Quinn has shown that he can run, and that's about it. He's besides <laughs> that, I could say if I had the speed of Roman Quinn, I would be as good as Roman Quinn, <laughs> um, as it goes to baseball. And Adam Hazley is an okay center fielder. He's probably a good left fielder. But the bat is just not completely there yet. He showed some promise. I think best-case scenario this season out of Adam Hazley is him batting 260 with maybe 10 homers, a 300 on base, and an okay glove. Um, we need more than that if we're ready to compete. Um, so that's why maybe they have something in the works um, as far as an outfielder goes, or maybe they're saying, hey, let's see how this team goes, and then worry about it at the trade deadline um i don't know joe girardi's recent comments um in a press conference was him mentioning that he's thinking about having roman quinn out there a majority of the time in center field which if you're a phillies fan that's like it's like terrible i mean that's like someone taking you know scratching their nails on a chalkboard i mean that was not what you want to hear from joe girardi um, Roman Quinn is a fifth outfielder at best. <sighs> yeah, I don't like Roman Quinn, if you couldn't tell. I mean, 
I like him as a person. He definitely seems like a good off the the club, um, off the field type of person. But I don't know. He's injury prone. He's he's fast. That's all I can say on Roman Quinn. Yeah, about Roman Quinn. This is a little quick. I'm kind of tired of seeing him just dive in center field and then teams getting triples and decide to park home runs, doubles when it should just be an easy fly out. Yeah, he's not the best out there. Um, he cost us a few games last year off of his defense. I mean, of course, you can also blame that on the bullpen, but, I mean, Roman Quinn did not help any of those situations. I mean, I still remember the game, I believe, what was it, against uh, Baltimore in extra innings where he, he turned a single into an inside-the-park home run, <laughs> um, which cost us the game. I mean, I don't know. He's, he is what he is. Um, but enough Roman quit, uh, Roman Quinn hate talk for now. Um, moving on real quick. Um, there is this, I guess, organization known as the baseball, I, I assume you pronounce it prospects, but it's, um, spelled differently that the MLB has been promoting for their simulations on major league standings. And as of right now, they have. The Phillies at third place with 83 wins, and then above them is Washington, and then above them is the Mets. Um, yeah, I, I find this probable. Um, this would most likely not even get us a wild card spot. But the thing with this 83 wins projection is, of course, it's you know it's all BS. No one really knows. I mean, you know, players get hurt, players overperform, players underperform. Um, but like this is like what I said last week. I'm expecting this team to be a few games over 500. Um, but if they just overachieve just a little bit, I mean, now we're talking like five, six, seven games over 500, and now we're talking wild card. And that's why I'm probably the most excited of I've ever been since probably I don't know since they signed Bryce Harper going into a season because. I think this is the most legit team they've had since I've followed this team through their um, Freddie Galvis losing 100 game season years. I mean, it's a legit ball club. It's not going to stack up toe to toe with the Mets and maybe not even the Braves, but it's going to stack up well enough to where they can take, you know, two or three um, a lot of times in three game series against teams like those calibers. I mean, yeah, I'm just excited. I'm ready for baseball. Spring training is coming up in about 10 days, and can't wait. So I got one last thing about the Phillies, Christian. Go for it. I saw an article just now. It was five trade proposals that would be uh, good to happen, you know, something in that order. And the Phillies are involved in one of these trade proposals. Would you like to hear it? I'm scared. It's the Milwaukee Brewers trade left-handed pitcher Josh Hader to the Philadelphia Phillies for outfielder Mickey Moniak, right-handed pitcher Adonis Medina, and catcher Rafael Marchand. No. <laughs> I'm sorry, but no. Um, Josh Hader's a great, I mean, probably the best left-handed pitcher out of the bullpen in the game, but... I mean, you had me on the fence when you said Mickey Ma Mickey Moniak and Medina, but once you brought up um, future Hall of Famer Rafael <laughs> Marchand, um, I was off the board. I I mean, I'm calling it right now. Uh, first ballot Marchand, um, catching prospect. I mean, 
You ha- I mean, Rafael Marchand is the kind of kid, he went down in the minors, showed no power, hit no home runs, and then got called up for a few games last season. What He bat like 300 with a homer. I mean, and he's also got great defense. I think he's going to be sneaky good one day. Um, and what I'll say about that is I'll do here. I'll, I'll do even better. I'll do Adam Hazley, um, Medina, and then they eat most of the contract off of Lo- Lorenzo Cain's contract. And we have Lorenzo Cain. That's if the Brewers want to trade with us, that's what I'll give them because um, we still need a center fielder. And I mean, I would not be surprised if the Brewers are looking to sell because they're kind of in a, a weird situation. But yeah, no, there's no way I'm doing that. I, I don't know. Would you do that, Paul? I mean, maybe I could see a scenario, but I would, I would like to do it, but we already have kind of. Imp- I I know Josh Hader would be a massive improvement to any bullpen because he's one of the best bullpen pitchers in the league, if not the best. But I don't know if I'd do it because. I don't know. That's good. If we have, I feel like we've already improved our bullpen this yeah, offseason. Like and I don't really want to yeah. give up on – I'm not saying they're elite prospects, but they're like depth to like potential prospects. I mean, the only argument you could have is Hater is under control for three more years. So – so you'd yeah, have him I mean, for three years. Right, that does change it a little bit. Um, but what I'll say is, like you said, I felt like our bullpen's not top-tier stuff. But we've made enough improvements to the bullpen where it's like I can feel confident about it. And then adding Josh Hader would definitely change the game. I could definitely see a proposal um, revolving Mickey Moniak, Medina, and then maybe, I don't know, maybe like Jojo Romero or Ranger Suarez. But... Um, for me, Marshawn is like a centerpiece if you're trading him. Um, I think uh, he's not in the top 100 prospects in any list like that. He's not even regarded as a top 10 catching prospect in baseball. But I think he's one of those sneaky guys that I, I would imagine a lot of teams have their eyes on. And he's not getting attention um, because he has not developed his like power yet. But he has good bat-to-ball skills. Um yeah, I'm just going to stop. I could probably talk about Rafael Marchand for 30 minutes because he's probably my favorite Phillies prospect. But um, as far as Josh Hader going to the Phillies go goes, I, I see that scenario. Um, I also see the Phillies, if they got proposed that offer, probably taking it. And I wouldn't blame them for it, though. In my opinion, it would be a lot for him. Um, but yeah, that's all I can say on that situation. All right, I think that wraps things up for the Phillies, unless you got something else to add. No, that's that's all I got on the Phillies. Um, you know, like I said, spring training's coming up. I'm excited to see what happens and where the Phillies go. All right. Now we're going to be moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, who are in the middle of a West Coast road trip. Last night was a pretty... Sad night if you're a Sixers fan. They suffered their first loss with their new starting five that they formed the offseason. Yeah, they lost to the Blazers. I believe it was it was 118 to 114 in a close game. But yeah, what are your thoughts on just the Sixers overall? 
Uh, I I love the Sixers. Um, what I'll say about last night is, you know, I was casually watching the first three quarters of the game. Um, shout out to the 76ers and NBA for making me stay up at 10 p.m. to watch these games. Um, but what I'll say is, um, I'll be, you know, though it might have looked like it for the season because I was kind of in La La Land and loving this team that the Sixers um, could go undefeated with their starting five all season. It, it looked like that at times, but, you know, in reality, I always knew that was not going to happen. What are they? I believe they're 12 and one, maybe 13 and one with their starting five. I think or... they're. 14 and one or 15 and one actually oh wow okay so even better but um yeah it looked like they had that game i mean it was going back and forth but it looks like they had that game under control for most of the fourth especially when they kind of came back and uh, it was uh the last seconds of the game and seth curry made that three it was like i i mean he only tied it but I, at that point i wanted to shut the game off and be like okay we won this game because that was the most ice in the veins thing I've ever seen since uh, Tobias made that jumper off of LeBron in his face. But this team is so legit. I've been heavily following the Sixers since I would say a few years ago. I've been casually watching for the past, like maybe five years. And this is the most confident I've felt about the Sixers team. And I feel more confident in this team than I, I, felt when the Sixers were you know playing the um Raptors and they and they lost um, that was painful I don't want to yeah. think about that anymore no we're not going to think about that one um top 10 worst moments in Philly sports ever but I'm so confident in this team right now um Tobias is playing great Ben with not a triple double but still probably his best game of the season his defense was so elite um last night um, I believe he, he was on Lillard for most of the game. And, I mean, he, he quieted him for a majority of it. Um, so good to see. Um, which I'll casually mention that Ben after the game saying that he feels like he is the best defensive player in the game right now. And in my opinion, he showed it last night. He's been showing it throughout this whole season. And, I mean, if he wants to make that case, I'll buy into it. Um I mean, he's just – what he does on the court, I mean, he can go an average 13 points and still put up the defensive numbers he does. He'll, he'll give you, you know, eight or nine assists, eight or nine rebounds. I mean, he's all-star caliber defense. Ben Simmons is legit. Um, and I know it's it's always been a love-hate relationship with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia, and that he doesn't fit the mold of the team, but – I think Doc Rivers is is doing his best to bring the JoJo and Ben relationship on the court and um, making it work in this mold of the team. Um, yeah, I love the 76ers. They look good. Um, so they lost to the Trailblazers last night, but then before that, they won against the Nets, um, and they won against the Kings. Of course, the Nets, they only had James Harden, really, um, but... You know, it's still it's still nice to see them um, probably beating their biggest challenge in their division. Um, and then the Kings game, um, yeah, again, it was just they looked solid. The defense was a little spotty at times, but it was overall a good game. That's all I really have to say on the 76ers so far. I mean, there's not much to say until it's playoff time because they are so playoff ready. Um, I'm ready for the run. I mean, it's nice to see them winning games that they would usually, like, lose in past seasons. But these games just – 
they don't matter to an extent because they're so ready to just, you know, play in the playoffs. I mean, they're they're looking good. Yeah, I I agree with you there. And one thing I want to bring up from last night's game is MVP Embiid. You know, I'm all for Joel winning MVP. He led the game with 35 points. He had nine rebounds and three assists along with two blocks. He looked good. You know, he, and that's the thing. He didn't look good for a majority of the game, but he came back. Um, and, I mean, him not shooting as much as he does um, leaves opportunity for other guys on the floor to pick up the slack, and that's what Ben Simmons did um, despite the loss. I mean, it was still a well-played game for the Sixers. Uh, it's just they played the Trailblazers. They just played a little better. Yeah, and before I'm done talking about the Sixers, I have one more thing to bring up about Joel Embiid because I'm sorry, I just love Joel Embiid. I mean, how can you not? But people were saying he had the worst game of his season against the Sacramento Kings on Tuesday, right? Would you like to hear his stats for what was supposedly his worst game of the season? Sure. 25 points, 17 rebounds, 6 assists. Yeah, I mean, if that's his worst, then that's fine by me. <laughs> that is fine by me. All right. You have anything else to say about the uh, Philadelphia 76ers? Um, I mean, if they want to bring me Bradley Beal, they can bring me Bradley Beal. But besides that, no, I got nothing to say. All right. Moving on to the last topic of the show, we have the Philadelphia Flyers. Now, the Flyers last played on February 7th. It's February, was it February 12th? They're supposed to have three, four games this week. But thanks to COVID protocol, they haven't played a game. And the worst part was, on Sunday, they beat the Washington Capitals, who, as I mentioned last week, that's one of the teams are competing for first place in, the, in their division. They beat him by a score of 7-4. The Flyers scored a touchdown on Super Bowl Sunday, and now they haven't played for a week, which could just ruin all momentum for the team. Yeah, I mean, from an outsider's perspective, I would say this is definitely very similar to kind of what the Phillies went through when their team wasn't affected, but the Marlins' whole situation last season where – um, it kind of delayed the Phillies' progress for them to get on the field and play games, which, I mean, what was it? They went like a whole week or maybe even longer without playing baseball. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's unavoidable. Really, For the most part, it's unavoidable. Um, it sucks, especially for the Flyers who were off to such a hot start um, and doing so well. Um, I mean, if they bounce back, that just – provides even more that you know they're legit this year so you know i'm trying to think of the positives of the situation is you know i'm expecting them to you know do their best to take it in stride and come back to when they can play and when they're ready to play and uh you know do good yeah and they do have five players on covid protocol they have claude drew Jakob vorchek morgan frost justin braun and travis sandheim so they got some pretty big-name players on COVID protocol. And their next game, according to my schedule, is 
February 18th, so they'll be going 11 days without playing a game of hockey, which is incredible. But, yeah, let's hope they rebound. They have had a hot start. I've been very impressed by them, except when they don't play the Boston Bruins, except when they play the Boston Bruins. But, yeah, I've had a – I'm very impressed with the Flyers team so far. Yeah. Um, yeah, when they enter playoffs, you'll catch me tuning in. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm going to watch some games here and there. But, um, yeah, there's not much for me to say on the Flyers, but see what they do. All right. Well, I believe – that wraps up this very short episode. Hopefully there's more news next week. I mean, I don't want there to be news because usually in Philly sports that means bad things, so that's not that's that's besides the point. True. But anyway, yeah, uh spring training begins on February twenty eighth. We basically two weeks from Sunday. Uh we got some six years coming up tomorrow. We got Flyers coming back soon. So we're going to be pretty busy here at Broadstreet Sports, providing you all the latest Philadelphia sports coverage. This is Paul Frenzel signing off. Have a good one, everyone. See you.